What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, May 3rd. Man, I hope all you guys are doing well out there. It is a new month. It's a new time to approach your goals. Sometimes you got to reshift and reshape your energy. You got to put your energy into the right things. Enjoy life, man. Appreciate this life because you just never know when your time is up. So don't necessarily live every day like it's your last, but just appreciate things, man. I promise you, once you start to appreciate the little things, you start to get a bigger sense of happiness. You start to feel yourself a little bit more and just keep going, man. Like I always say this, but it's so important because it's so many distractions in this world, in this life, but it's always going to be there. You just have to focus and keep pushing and doing the right things in this life. I promise you, it's always going to be some type of BS and negativity to sidetrack you. But if you just keep your focus on the right things, you keep your eyes on the prize, everything is going to come back to you in tenfold. So just keep pushing, keep growing, keep pushing, keep trying to get better every single day, even if it's just 1%. You know what I'm saying? Keep you know focusing on the things that make you happy, focus on the things that make you positive, and just keep freaking going man of course we are still in the middle of a pandemic so please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the coronavirus from getting on your hands and especially your face anytime you're outside surrounded by a large group crowd or gathering or in a public area or public setting please just wear your mask when you're by yourself go about your day have fun and do what you got to do and lastly but certainly not least because it is the springtime and it will soon be summertime in a very short while If you have any type of sunlight or sunshine, wherever you are at on the globe, please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not, let me repeat, is not excluded from that list. But I just hope all you guys are in the right spirit, man. It's Monday. I know Monday can be slow for a lot of people out there, but just keep pushing. Look at Mondays. Instead of looking at Mondays as a start to a new and draining week, just look at it like, okay, it's a new week to conquer things, to appreciate the things that I do in this life. And it's a new week to be better. Just look at Mondays like that. And I promise you, your weeks will start off much better than usual. But let's get right into today's topics at hand. So, I briefly want to talk about the Lakers. I don't want to go too much into the Lakers because this topic does involve the Lakers potentially, but the Lakers in their last seven games, they've lost six of those games. They only have one win in their last seven games. So they've been on a very tough stretch. Of course, they were part of the shortest offseason turnaround in NBA history and the shortest offseason in all the professional sports in American history and alongside the Miami Heat. And they've been struggling with the injuries to Anthony Davis, to LeBron. I just seen that Dennis Schroeder is going to be entering the health and safety protocols. Looks like he's going to be out for 10 to 14 days, which is pretty much a majority of the rest of the regular season. And just like the Brooklyn Nets, the Lakers are going to have some chemistry concerns heading into the playoffs. And that is definitely something to keep a close eye on because they do not look good as of right now. Their timing is kind of off. You know, Andre Drummond is kind of a weird fit, even though I still do like him. I just think he's a weird fit next to Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron's got to get a cup, you know, he got to get uncomfortable with Ben McLemore. Um, I'm not really worried about Schroeder because Schroeder has pretty much played with everybody on the team for the most part. So I'm not too worried about him, but it would still be nice to have him as the regular season comes to a close. But after their loss to the Raptors last night, they had a tough loss to the Raptors where Kyle Lowry was just insane. He looked like game six of the 2019 finals. Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam had a really good game and the Raptors were able to win without OG Ananobi. And after the game in LeBron's post-game conference, um, he had a quote and I quote, 
talking about the play the playing tournament and I quote right here he said whoever came up with that SHIT needs to be fired end quote talking about the potential that the Lakers could play in the playing game because they have dropped tremendously I think when LeBron got hurt I want to say they were like a top three team in the West, and now they've dropped a little bit. I believe right now they're currently sitting at six, but they're tied with the Dallas Mavericks in the fifth spot and also the Portland, or I think it's the Portland Trailblazers in the seventh spot. So they're in a predicament right now, and it's not too fun to be a Laker fan right now. But I'm not too worried about them. I still do have them as the favorites, but... When LeBron said that, because LeBron has been dealing with a lot of scrutiny his entire life, NBA fans were getting on him about it because we all know, let's be honest, LeBron said that quote because his team now has a realistic possibility at playing in the play-in tournament. A couple months ago, that was not the case, but now it is due to injuries and due to Lakers not having that chemistry. But I want to talk about the play-in tournament because we kind of had it last year when it was first implemented, and let's be real. The NBA really came up with the concept to try and get Zion Williamson and the Pelicans into the playoffs last year because Zion Williamson brings a lot of attention and, let's be honest, money to the NBA so far in his young career. But with the playing game, because I did not understand the concept last year, and we only had one playing game last year in the bubble because not every team in the Eastern Conference was invited to the playoffs or, excuse me, not the playoffs, invited to the bubble. So it was kind of a weird situation in the Eastern Conference. But in the Western Conference, you had the Portland Trailblazers take on the Memphis Grizzlies in a really good game that featured Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony versus John Morant in the Young Grizzlies core. And of course, the Blazers got the win in advance to the playoffs where they faced the one-seeded Lakers as an AC and they lost in five games. So this year, though, with it being a somewhat normal season, and I say that in a really, really low tone, somewhat normal season, we're going to have a playing game on both sides, multiple playing games on both sides. So if you don't know the playing tournament format, this is what it is. The first game will be the seventh seed versus the eighth seed, and the winner of that game will automatically be the seventh seed in the playoffs taking on the two seed. The next game would be the nine seed versus the 10 seed, and then whoever wins that game faces the loser of the first game between the 7th and the 8th seed. So let's do it like this. In the Eastern Conference, if the playoffs ended right now today, or excuse me, if the regular season ended right now today and the playoffs were to begin and the play-ins were first, which they are, you would have the 9-seeded Pacers take on the 10-seeded Wizards. Then you would have the 7-seeded Celtics take on the 8-seeded Hornets. So let's just do a hypothetical here. Say the Celtics beat the Hornets. So the Celtics will move on and be the seventh seed. The Hornets would have to wait to see the winner of the Pacers, the ninth seed again, and the Wizards, the tenth seed. So let's say the Wizards win that game. The Wizards will move on and they will have to take on the Hornets. And whoever wins that game then gets the eighth seed. So it is kind of a weird concept. I'm not mad at it, but if I were the NBA, I wouldn't do it like that because first of all, you wouldn't want to have three games going into the playoffs because that's just a lot on the player's body. You know, any extra game is just too much. I would rather do it where you have the seventh seed take on the 10th seed and then I have the eighth seed take on the ninth seed. The winner of the seventh, 10 gets the seventh seed and then the winner of the eighth and ninth seed gets the eighth seed. It's really that simple. Two games straight to the point, straight to the punch and let's kick off the playoffs. Simple as that. But let's get back to the hypothetical here. So, again, in the East, if the play-in tournament started today, 
you'd have the nine-seeded Indiana Pacers who have had a very rough year. Of course, they lost Naaman Millen. They traded Victor Oladipo. They still got Sabonis. They got Malcolm Brogdon. They got Karis LeVert in that trade for Oladipo as well. So they've had a pretty rough year, first-year head coach, all that. Taking on the 10 seeded Wizards with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, who are both playing fantastic right now. Daniel Gafford was a huge you know, acquisition at the trade deadline from the Chicago Bulls. He's giving them a big-time spark off the bench. And honestly, I'd probably take the Wizards in that game because I just trust Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook more than anybody on the Pacers you know, team when it comes to the playoffs, even though I, I am a very big Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert fan. So I would take the Wizards in that one. But then again, you'd have... In the 7-8 game, you'd have the Celtics versus the Hornets, which would pretty much, I think, would be a good game because of the guard play that the Hornets possess. So you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and the Celtics taking on LaMelo Ball in a fiery, young, explosive, and just full-of-life, energetic Charlotte Hornets squad led by Coach Morego. This game, I think, would be interesting. I would take the Celtics just because of the playoff experience they have from Marcus Smart and the rest of the guys in that group, even though they are kind of a young team, too, with Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith. But I like the Celtics in that game. And so the Celtics will move on. They will become the seventh seed in the playoffs. But then you'd have the Hornets versus the Pacers for a fight to get the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. That would be a phenomenal game. That would be the, literally the perfect game for ABC or TNT, whoever does the playoffs, to air that game. Like, that would be the perfect game. You got Russell Westbrook versus LaMelo Ball. You got Bradley Beal in the, th- in the thick of things. That would be a great game. I think, I don't know, because the Wizards' defense has been very suspect and the Hornets' defense isn't that much better. So I'll probably have to take the Wizards in that game just because it's a single elimination game. Again, this is not a best-of-seven series. This is a single elimination game. One game, and you get to try and get into the playoffs. If, if you're the ninth or the 10th seed, you got to play two games to try and get that eighth seed. But still, it's a grind. So I like that scenario, though. So I would have the Celtics as a seventh seed. Again, this is if the playoffs started today. I would have the Celtics as a seventh seed, and I'd have the Wizards winning two games in a row going from the 10th seed to the AC. Now let's go to the West because the West is a much more, I think, in my opinion, entertaining playing tournament, in my opinion. In the West, you would have the nine seeded Warriors take on the 10 seeded Spurs, and then you also have the seven seeded Blazers take on the eight seeded Grizzlies. So in the 7 8 game, I'm going to give the Blazers the edge, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, you know, Ennis Canner over John ja Morant in the Young Grizzlies core. And, you know, just like last year, I, I would have them in that game. So they will move on. And then in that 9 versus 10 game, the Warriors versus Spurs, I just think Steph Curry is too great. And I think he would lead the Warriors to that win, getting them into that game where they would then face off against John Morant in the Grizzlies. And that game would be very interesting. I'm not going to lie. I would probably take the Warriors again just because they do have the Chef Curry, even though I'm not too sold on the role player that the Warriors have right now. But I think Steph Curry is just that great where he can lead his team to the playoffs. And that will be interesting because think about it. The Warriors would have to beat, again, the Spurs and then potentially beat, you know, the Grizzlies or or Blazers, whoever lose the 7-8 game. But if they did that, if they won those two games in a row as the ninth seed, they would go on into the playoffs as the eighth seed and they would take on the Phoenix Suns. Imagine that. Chris Paul and Devin Booker versus Steph Curry in the first round of a playoff series. That is is exactly what basketball fans, what NBA fans would love to have. And I honestly, I would be 
tune into every, I'm going to tune into every playoff game just like every year, but that series will be electric. To start off the season like that, to start off the postseason like that, with Chris Paul versus Stephen Curry, who we all know have seen go at each other in the playoffs before in 2018 and even before that. So, you know, that'll be fun, man. I'm not going to lie. That'll be super exciting. So, with that being said, though, like, I'm not necessarily against the playing tournament. I'm actually kind of, the way that I'm looking at it now, I'm actually kind of with it. My only thing will be, again, I would just change it from being what it is now to being the 7th seed versus the 10th seed and then the 8th seed versus the 9th seed. I think that's easy. It's more complex. It's only two games instead of three. And you just get straight to the point and it's straight to the playoffs because, again, you don't really want to put any more energy and exerted energy onto your players because they've been through, especially this season, they've been through a lot with COVID testing and, you know, having to wear masks and being locked up in their hotel rooms and different things like that. So, you know, it's just a lot going on, but I, I'm not all the way against the playing term. I think it's it's a good idea. I would just change the format. That's it. But aside from that, it's not bad. I'm not mad at it. I, the only reason I was kind of ever against it was because I feel like, you know, 82 games, which is the number of games in the regular season, which is usually how it is. This year is 72 because of the limited schedule. But 82 games is enough games to prove which teams are good enough for the playoffs and which teams aren't. So I don't really, I never really got the, 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 approach the NBA was taking, but I kind of see it now. It's a money grab kind of thing, but it's also just more entertainment. Like, let's just face the facts. It's more entertainment. We got to be real with it. And NBA fans, for the most part, I've seen are down for it. So that was just my hypothetical. Again, what I just mentioned was if the playoffs ended today, you know, LeBron said he was against it. And we all know he pretty much just said that because the Lakers could play in the playing tournament, which would be crazy because none about, I don't think anybody expected them to be there. Um, and so it is what it is, though. Again, I'm not necessarily against it. I would just change the format slightly. But let's move on before I get you guys out of here. Let's go to the college ranks. So one of the top transfers in the country. We all know the transfer portal is one of the most common things in the college basketball game this offseason. There's so many players. I think it's like almost 2,000 players in the transfer portal. And one of the hottest commodities in the transfer portal, who goes by the name of Adam Miller, he was a highly sought-out recruit coming out of high school and went to Morgan Park High School, Morgan Park High School, excuse me, in Chicago, where he was a legend there. Um, they produced a lot of really good players like Marcus LeVette and a couple other players like Charlie Moore. Um, but Adam Miller, really good player. He's a 6'3 combo guard. He can play point guard or shooting guard. He's originally from Peoria, Illinois. Again, played his high school basketball in Chicago. He played for the Mac Irvin Fire Program, which is a legendary program on the EYBL circuit based out of Chicago. Played his freshman season this past year at the University of Illinois in Champaign for the Fighting Illini, where they had a very successful season. They won the Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship. A lot of their fans would think that they won the Big Ten Regular Season Championship as well. But they had a pretty successful season for the most part under Brad Underwood with Ayo DeSumo and Kofi Coburn and Trent Frazier and Andre Curbelo. And a lot of people thought that Adam Miller was going to have a much bigger and better freshman year than he had. But with them having El Dusumu, who's the star player for them, it was kind of like written in the wall that Adam Miller wasn't going to have that big of a role. But I thought, you know, if he came back for year two, that his role would be much more expanded with the departure of El Dusumu because Brad Underwood, like a lot of coaches in college basketball, they love to run three guards. They want to have three guards out there that can shoot, pass, and dribble, and that makes teams a much more efficient team. You look at Baylor this year, they play three guards. You look at Gonzaga, they play four guards. It's just where the game of basketball is trending, and I thought Adam Miller was going to have a very good role and be a prominent role 
on the Illini team next season. But instead, he decides to put his name in the transfer portal. Again, this past season, he averaged 8.3 points per game. He shot about 40% from the field, and he averaged 2.8 rebounds per game and put his name into the transfer portal. And I know those numbers don't why you. They don't scare you. They don't jump off the page. I get it. But trust me, if you've seen Adam Miller play, and I advise you guys to go watch him if you haven't already, he is a dynamic scorer. He has a pure jump shot with the lefty. You know, Illinois kind of put him into a spot-up shooter. That's not really his game, if you ask me. I think he can score from anywhere on the court. He got the step backs. He got the, the handle that can get him into tight spaces. Um, he got the pump fake that a lot of defenders always fall for. He's got a really good game. And so on Saturday, he announced his commitment to Louisiana State, the Tigers, under head coach Will Wade in the SEC Conference, which will be a loaded conference when it comes to guard play next season. And this is, honestly... I'm not a, I'm not against this move at all. I, I'm actually a fan of this move. Now, I'm not a big fan of Will Wade because I don't think Will Wade coaches defense the way that he needs to, especially with the talent that he's been able to attract and get and come down to playing Baton Rouge. But I will say one thing about Will Wade is that he lets his players play. Offensively, his players have all the freedom in the world. Look at LSU this past season from Javante Smart to Trenton Wofford to Cam Thomas. Now, I shouldn't even mention Cam Thomas because Cam Thomas is an anomaly because he's such a great scorer that any coach in the country was going to allow him to shoot the ball the way that he did this past season. But Trenton Wofford and Javante Smart had so much freedom, and LSU was successful pretty much because of that. You got to let your best players do what they do, what they've been doing their entire lives. And I think with the addition of Adam Miller, because you're going to lose Javante Smart, you're going to lose Trenton Wofford, you're going to lose Cam Thomas, you're going to lose Darius Days, LSU is losing a lot of talent, but they also do have plenty of talent coming back um, and coming in now, especially with Adam Miller. You're also going to get Missouri transfer Xavier Pinson, who's a really talented guard, of course, has been playing in the SEC, so he's very comfortable and, you know, he's been adjusted to the conference, but Adam Miller is going to share minutes with Xavier Pinson. He's also going to share minutes with Eric Gaines, who I think is a phenomenal player who will be a sophomore next season. But they're going to run three guards again. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Eric Gaines, Xavier Pinson, and Adam Miller. And all three of those guys are going to have all the freedom in the world to do what they want to do. So Adam Miller, again, he averaged eight points per game this past season. I think at LSU next year, he's going to average somewhere between 10 to 14 points a game. I truly believe that. And that's not a huge upgrade, but I just think with the way that LSU plays, the offense is going to cater to him a lot. I think he's probably the best scorer out of all those three guards that I just mentioned between him, Xavier Pinson, and Eric Gaines. But really, man, this is a good move. Will Wade is a really good recruiter. I know he's had a lot of run-ins with the FBI and with the NCAA. He's been in a very weird predicament there. But nonetheless, this is a, a solid LSU team coming back next year. They should have Sharif O'Neal fully healthy to go. I think he might have a really good season for the Tigers. You know, he is the son of LSU legend Shaquille O'Neal, a.k.a. Shaq, a.k.a. The Diesel, a.k.a. one of the most dominant players ever. But you know, this is a big graph for LSU, man. Adam Miller is the goods. LSU fans should be ecstatic. I know it's been a really, you know, fun week this past week with the addition of Kim Mulkey to the women's basketball program. But Adam Miller is going to bring a lot of fun and excitement to Baton Rouge this upcoming season. I promise you, Tiger fans, boot up. This is a hell of an acquisition, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys for making it this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us for all your sports news and needs. I promise you Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you guys. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports as a podcast 
podcaster, as a blogger, as a journalist, featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. So please go check us out. Again, we are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented sports podcasters and content creators. So please go check us out on our long and good list of sports podcasts as well, man. But as always, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that is how we share grow and expand the podcast as always i will talk to you guys soon peace and love gone